Sports Memory Week 17 pregame show. I'm Marcus Anthony. Derek Black. I'm Newman. The Newman. So it's always bittersweet once we get to this time in the year. It's the last regular season game. Um, mm-hmm. But there are a lot of exciting races still to go this week. Um, but first, I want to touch on last week, New England and Buffalo. That was a that was a big shocking game for me. Um, New England, I'm nervous for them as much as they've struggled on offense. Um, they're New England, and they could be starting to turn those jets on going into the playoffs. Yeah, there's a few things that I really I liked that they did uh, as far as mixing in some different sets, some multiple running back packages, which I kind of I've been talking about. I think is going to be something that they do all year here. Uh, a few players with three quote-unquote tailbacks uh, on the field at the same time, which I think we're going to see a lot of in the playoffs because that's pretty much the only position they're at. They're deep at offensively. They still don't have a tight end. Uh, that's worth mentioning, even though we're seeing a little bit more production, but still the worst stats a New England tight end has had as a group um, in the last decade plus. So that's not going to be the position where it's happening. Uh, Nikhil Harry starting to look pretty good. They're starting to give him the ball in space, try to get creative, let him be a runner. That's He excels after the catch. Um, you don't realize how big he is until he's like just running through arm tackles and running over DBs. He's a, he's a real solid like six three two fifteen two twenty. Yeah, on the field, um, I truthfully I thought he was like six foot six one. Yeah, um, I'm, I was shocked at the six three mark. Dude's a beast, uh, and I, I really like. How about those special teams though? That's coming gonna, up big yeah. again. That that's going to be the the difference maker I think for New England if they're going to make a deep run here. It's going to have to be defense, special teams, and timely scoring. Uh, they're not going to put together huge, gaudy offensive numbers, but if they string it together in one or two drives, get one or two touchdowns, that could be enough in, in a lot of the games this postseason. I, I don't ex- I don't ex- actually think that there's any team in the AFC that really has a dominant run-stopping defense that New England will have to face. So if they're able to lean on their running game, that could be just enough. Could be. Um, I still Their lack of outside talent and receiving in the receiving core still scares me for them. Um, and I think that they could have trouble scoring with pretty much anybody in the AFC playoff contention. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing a deep run out of them, to be completely honest. Uh, so, um, fun fact, Marshawn Lynch just signed with the Seahawks. Um, and as we saw, Antonio Brown and others were working out with the, uh, the Saints today. And, um, I don't think they're going to sign him based on, uh, um, pending, um, investigations yeah, on him. The league was quick to remind everybody, hey, by the way, uh, if he does sign somewhere, he's probably going on the exempt list. So I think that's pretty much the end of that. When, when that popped up, I was like, oh, man, can are we going to see Gronkowski finally sign with the Patriots <laughs> again and come out of retirement? Bring everybody back. It, yeah. it, the, the, uh, the Seahawks are one of those weird teams that, it, especially with Marshawn back, I'd kind of root for him to play one game, run through the playoffs, and uh, get a Super Bowl ring that he needs. Um, but let's talk about the most interesting man, and not just football, not just sports, but in all of the world, <laughs> Jameis Winston. Um, big contract year, big gaudy numbers. Um, he's he's gonna be the first thirty in the first thirty thirty club all by himself, and I don't think anyone will ever no. come close to that feat again. And mind you, this is football: thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. Uh, Derek, what what would you do if you were the uh, Bucks GM with Jameis Winston? Uh, I, I think the Jameis situation is tough. I, I think. Like you said, big numbers in every category, even the ones you don't want big numbers in. Uh, the 30-30 clubs is a very <laughs> real possibility, and, and the way he's played, and as far as you know, playing poorly in the beginning of the season or beginning of the game, and then maybe mounting enough or, or just short of enough for a comeback, uh, he might lock that down in the first quarter. It might be his first two passes. Who knows? Um, I, I definitely there's a good shot at it. 
hitting that 30-30 club, which I think is really kind of interesting and exciting. Talent's still there. I, I, my, you know, just there's no there's no real stats to back it up, but I suspect that he'll look he'll he'll improve a second year in an Arian system. Even though I feel like this is kind of changing the way people look at Bruce Arians. He's supposed to be this unbelievable quarterback whisperer. He can make anything look great. He could revive careers. And now Jameis, who has all the talent in the world, is just kind of having a, kind of an up and down season. He's having spurts. He's having the best of times and worst of times in the same games. Um, but I think if if you're if you're Tampa, you either try to convince him to sign a two year kind of prove it contract, or just throw a franchise tag on him. See how he plays on the franchise tag. Quarterback is the one position the franchise tag doesn't hurt. Uh, Jameis is looking for like franchise tag type money, anyways. So it's not like you're overpaying him uh, for for what you're going to get out of him. And they really need to get another year, I think. The only to move on. Um, I, I would definitely have another year and see what he does. Yeah. So if if I'm the Bucks, the the quickest path to being successful in terms of yeah. making the playoffs is with Jameis Winston at quarterback. Agreed. Uh, I think it's a no brainer. You franchise tag him if you can't work out some sort of deal. Um, if I'm Jameis, there's no way I'm working out any kind of deal uh, at what the Bucks want to pay him. Um, he's going to be commanding. I think his agent reported something. The news was like he wants $30 million a year, um, and that's quite a hefty amount of money. Uh, I would much rather slap the franchise tag on him as you're unsure of him, draft some good offensive linemen, build the lines around him, maybe improve that running game a little bit, and see what the you know the end product is after another full season. I wouldn't mind seeing um, maybe a lower annual value, but maybe just fully guarantee it. Give him, give him two years, $50 million guaranteed. And, and let him play that out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat if I'm the Bucks. I don't know. That, from his I don't know. Though, that, I don't know that he's going to. Yeah, may, maybe he will, but I don't yeah. know. Um, there's it, it's all it all comes down to leverage with these contracts, and that's always the way it yeah. plays out. So uh, to me, I think the the simple move is the probably the most direct and and the best is just franchise tag. Yeah, I'm sure that's what's um, happening. Interesting statistics. So I have it right here. Jameis Winston needs 92 yards to hit 5,000 yards passing on the season. He would join. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, uh, Dan Marino, Big Ben, Patrick Mahomes as the only players with 5,000 yards passing in a single season. And he might be the only one with 30 interceptions, too. Uh, I'm pretty sure he would be the only one with 30 interceptions. <laughs> he might be the only person to ever make it to 30 interceptions an entire season. That, that's a fun stat to go look up. I, I can't recall anyone who... The closest, I know Peyton's rookie, rookie year, he had like 23 or 24, I think. And, um, but I, I can't remember anyone flirting with 30. And, and still being, you know, starting. Um, but now that we're talking about quarterbacks that are looking to get overpaid, um, you know, maybe maybe a lot of question marks surrounding them. Um, we're going to talk about another quarterback, an entire team that's just filled with question marks and what should they do. The uh, choke guard is Dallas Cowboys. Um, there's obviously a lot of questions surrounding Jason Garrett. Clearly on paper, man. They've obviously they got some injuries, um, but they're just insanely talented. I still stand, but I don't. I do not think that Dak Prescott's the answer for Dallas, especially when you start talking about the thirty million dollar mark um, for quarterbacks that everyone's starting to, to uh, demand. Um, but it is a catch twenty two because it's not like you can just go pick solid starting quarterbacks out of random trees. Uh, that's the one thing that everyone forgets. Oh, let's move on. Let's go on to someone else. Well, there's not always going to be someone else at there and it's but it's also tough to pay them that dollar um it's time for dallas to move on from jason garrett that's that's questions like that's a no-brainer um so newman what would you do with dak prescott 
Uh, so I am not a Dak Prescott necessarily believer, truther. Do I think he's a he's a decent NFL quarterback? Sure. Some he does he belong as a starting quarterback? Sure. Somewhere. Do I want to pay him thirty million dollars a year? No. I mean, if you look at what Dallas has, they have a pretty good defense. They have talent at the wide receiver positions. They have a top five offensive line in the game and one of the best running backs in the game. His inability to produce good offensive numbers in that scheme and system is, to me, says that he's not that great a quarterback. If you take Jameis Winston and you flip their situations, put him behind a good offensive line with a good running game, you can't tell me that Jameis wouldn't have this team at 10, 12 wins. Yeah. Um, now going back to one thing that you did talk about in terms of the interceptions, I just wanted to, I pulled it up. So, uh, George Blanda has the all time, uh, lead in single season interceptions at 42 interceptions, <laughs> which is absolutely insane to me. Um, in the modern, more modern era. So, um, uh, in my lifetime, Vinny Testaverde put up 35 in 1988 wow. when he was playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. So basically, going back to Jameis, we need seven touchdowns and seven interceptions out of him. I believe in you, Jameis. You can do it. <laughs> um, the highest of quarterbacks that have probably that played in the recent era, uh, Brett Favre put up a 29 in 2005 okay. when he was with Green Bay. Peyton Manning's, I think, rookie year in 98, yep. he put up 28. It was 28. Okay. So I was say, I, I thought since Manning, we haven't seen – I mean, everybody's so conscious of, of turnovers that people are usually getting benched by this point of the season. Yeah, normally, so it, it goes back to this old, like, uh, I remember specifically in baseball, they talk about it. When a guy gives up so many home runs and it sets a record for most home runs given up in a year, you had to be doing a lot of other things well yeah. in order for them to continue to run you out there and allow you to give up homers, right? Same thing with Jameis. He does a lot of other things really well, Amazing, which yeah. allows him to stay on the field and despite his interceptions and his other turnover issues. Makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm. I still believe in Jameis. You know, there's problem. I'm not sure if it's a change of scenery, but they definitely need to do something yeah. for that defense. And, um, I, and I don't think it's to get back to you know, the Cowboys. I don't think it's a Dak situation. I, I think Jameis has way more talent. Um, well, not as strong of a supporting cast. But if you're the Cowboys, you, I mean, it's ridiculous that Garrett's made it this far. You have to get rid of that guy. He's the longest tenured coach in the history of Jerry Jones' ownership of the Cowboys. Which is crazy when you think of the guys, the names that he, that he fired. out of there. Think about the guys that he fired yeah. or got or got to resign, right. right? Multiple guys who won Super Bowls. Hall of Fame coaches. Yeah. yeah. And yet, Jason Garrett is the longest tenured coach in the history of Jerry Jones' ownership of the Cowboys. Did you, did you guys see uh, Dak Prescott's comments after the game? Uh, yeah, he said he wasn't sure if he was going to be there, right. yeah, so he doesn't so, want to speculate on Jason Garrett's tenure. Yeah, they asked him basically what, the, what he thought going into the offseason about Jason Garrett not having a contract. He's like, well, I don't have a contract either, so I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> um, I wonder if Jason Garrett just has to have some kind of dirt on Jerry Jones. That's that's the only logical he, he explanation. Is he married to the family? Or somebody, I, I have no idea. Yeah, somebody. I, I th- All I know is it, whatever what, that tenure is coming to an end real quick. Yeah. So, um, last week in the NFL, three other teams choked away promising playoff positions, um, whether it be locking in spots or uh, better seating. So, um, we've got three of them. I'd like to start with the uh, the NFC here uh, so we can have a bring it home strong with the AFC team, the lone AFC team. Um, so, let's start with Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, obviously, it wasn't a walkover game. Uh, but it's a, it's a winnable game that you have to win at primetime in home against Green Bay. Now, they are locked into the playoffs. We know that. But, man, it, 
winning the division, you get a home game, and you know, pending how things play out, you know, you might slide into a bye week. You know, a- absolutely. Uh, this is a, a huge choke job. Kirk Cousins normally plays well at home, but whatever it is, in the main spotlight, he's what o o and nine. I mean, he's never won a Monday Night Football uh, you know that, on so. Monday night or in primetime yeah. matchups. So uh, you know, he, and I think this is a contract year for Kirk Cousins. You got to be able to reassess if you're, you know, Minnesota. Is this the guy that you really need going forward? Or, you know, I mean, can you win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as quarterback? That I think is, right now, it doesn't look likely. Yeah, now, I'm mean, obviously it hurt uh, having Dalvin Cook out for the game, but for $33 million. As well as, as, well as backup Alexander Madison. Yeah, but you, but you still got to be able to find ways to. Even if you don't win, be competitive, get plays downfield. Um, you know, you, you got to win when people are out, and he just didn't get the job done. I can they, say they though, were they were winning that game. Yeah. At the at the start of the game, they were winning that game. Uh, they were up, I think, what fourteen to three or something yeah, at one yeah, point yeah. in time, and then to lose in that fat or uh, ten ten to three. I'm sorry, yeah. uh, to lose in the fashion twenty three ten. They got completely outplayed the yeah. entire night. They except for a couple Green Bay turnovers, they shouldn't have even been even in that game. Do you? How much of it do you put on just the coaching staff too? It's like they're conservative to a point that it's it's ridiculous. It's like almost crippling conservatism, where they don't want to go for it on on fourth and inches. And it's like if you're not going to take the you know your destiny into your own hands, extend the drive. Like don't don't kick the ball away to Aaron Rodgers. Like what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> now, now obviously it doesn't all fall on Kirk Cousins, but. That's where everyone's going to talk about. You talk about the quarterback, and you talk their about offense, coaches. Their offensive line has not played very well. And Boone was straight up running into the back of people. Yeah, like there, there were holes. Like he was just running into the back of he, offensive he, line. He did not play well, and he got taken out of the game. Amir Abdullah finished the yeah. game. Was in probably the last four or five series. You got know, to think if, if um, Ma- even if Madison plays, they probably have a little bit better running game. They, they, they probably have a better chance to win that game. Sure, um, but I mean, it, in terms of like. The entire way that that when going out of coaching staff. So uh, for me, in my personal philosophy, as a what I want out of my coaches, I want you to be uber aggressive. Yeah. Okay, I will never fault you for being too aggressive. Mostly, I'll fault you for being too conservative. Because from my understanding of the game of football, as much as long as I played football, the ultimate object of football at the end of the day, when it all boils down, is one man trying to physically move another man right. against his will. Right. In my opinion, mm-hmm. conservative is not the attitude that you need. The players on the field aren't yeah. supposed to be conservative. Why are you trying to be conservative in terms of your coaching decisions? It reminds me of, uh, of, of when Bill Belichick goes for it, fourth and three on his own, like, 31 against Peyton Manning. Granted, prime Peyton Manning, no way you want that. Sure, you don't want him to have the ball. He he should, yeah. If if there's any way you can keep the ball away from him. And you know what? They lost there. Uh, The Colts go on to the Super Bowl. But I would rather lose on my own account than saying, yeah, we were were afraid. We kicked the ball away to Peyton and he cut us up. Like, no. Like, maybe call a better route. I don't know that a one-yard route to, to Kevin Falk was the best route there. But at least they, you go for it. Yeah. But, try, but try going going back to their style a little bit, I do want to touch on, uh, if you talk to most announcers or most analysts, n- nobody really believes that Kirk Cousins is a guy who can threaten you with the pass right. if they're not in situations where they're able to run the ball. Right. So if they're not having tr- if they're having trouble not running the ball, like that's why their their game plan is, you know, let's establish the run, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if they can't establish the run, then Kirk Cousins doesn't have his play action. It doesn't matter how good you are on play action if nobody's scared of you running the ball. Exactly. So that'll bring us into our first of our pickums this week, um, and this is kind of, this is one of those tough weeks because 
A, not many teams have anything to play for, and B, a couple of these 4 o'clock games that we're going to pick, uh, they, they can definitely change based on how the some of the 1 o'clocks play out. Um, which we'll, we'll touch on those specific ones here in a little bit. But our first game here, we got Chicago at Minnesota. Uh, Chicago's out, Minnesota's at home, and Minnesota can't move up or down, I don't believe, in the playoffs. Um, no, nope, Minnesota is stuck at the six seed. Stuck at the six seed. So um, just give me the Vikings. I'm just going to flip a coin here. Um, I'm, I'm pretty upset with the Bears. Just give me the Vikings at home. I'm going to take Chicago. I don't think Cook plays. I don't think Madison plays. I don't think Thielen plays. They their defense doesn't really have anything to play for. There's nobody that's going for any records that I'm aware of on their team. And Chicago is probably looking for a nice way to at least end the season with a victory. Uh, so give me Chicago with the point. So a lot of these games you're going to see kind of, I think, a reoccurring theme is us trying to get in the head of what an organization is going to do and how long they're going to play their starters and what they're going to do. So I think this is... Welcome to Week 17. Yeah, so Week 17, there's a lot of opportunity for us to completely miss uh, just based on teams doing what we counterintuitively what they probably shouldn't be doing um but i'm in the same boat here I, i'm gonna take chicago just because i don't think minnesota's playing for anything they're banged up uh they're in the playoffs they could they could use an extra week of, of rest i don't think their starters go the whole game maybe they stop at halftime who knows uh chicago a team in turmoil there's definitely some starters who are playing for for their positions for their jobs um they're gonna be a team that's drafting early and, and that gives you the opportunity to draft a starter um, maybe two or three by the time they, they get through their draft. So you got to make sure that that guy's not replacing you. Uh, so I'm going to take Chicago here. All right. And so our second choke job of week 16, I wouldn't call it a choke job as much as a domination of the future NFC West champion Arizona Cardinals. But uh, <laughs> so the Seahawks were in a prime position to really make a push to home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And you get a – Inco- Which is huge yeah, in huge. that stadium. It's huge. And and you get a struggling Cardinals team coming into town uh, who have been embarrassed a lot recently. Uh, they've been great against the spread, but nonetheless, you have to win that game. And and Seattle got absolutely manhandled. I think it was, what, 27-10, I think was the final? 27-13. 27-13. Um, wow. That's pretty much the only thing I can come up with. Um, and we're going to be touching on that game coming up, but... Is, is is that like a, a scary thing for Seattle going into the playoffs? I know they're going to have Marshawn. I know they've been banged up um, offensive and injuries have really just really thrown Seattle for a loop. Uh, but is is Russell Wilson going to be enough to carry this team and make it like a legitimate run um, into the Super Bowl? I, uh, they're still my second favorite team in the NFC. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. I think that when it comes down to crunch time, he has one of those, whatever you call it, the intangible clutch gene aspect of things. He's a guy that finds a way to lift his game. Um, they lost Chris Carson during that game. He's done for the year with a hip injury. Who And, I mean, that guy is a guy who's super injury prone. Yeah. Who knows what that's going to have an impact on his career. And, hence, they bring in your boy, Marshawn Lynch. Um Travis Homer finished out the game. He actually looked kind of explosive, and he's an interesting player. But young, back out of Miami, uh, not quite as physical as the other guys on that team. Penny's already done for the year, so the addition of Marshawn Lynch is going to help with that. Uh, this is a team that does concern me. I don't think their defense is that great. Um, they had moments where they there were games they could have lost. They won a lot of close games based on Russell Wilson finding a way to get it done. And that absolutely concerns me. This is a huge choke job. Not having home field advantage in the playoffs 
and having to potentially go to New Orleans, which is also a ridiculously loud stadium and a ridiculous home environment to play in, is bad news for Seattle. This is a big mistake. Yeah, I definitely... I mean, the running game definitely plays a factor. They like to work off the play action. Uh, But I think one of the biggest telling things as far as Seattle, how they're finishing versus how they started the season, is weeks 1 through 12, Russell Wilson outside the pocket had a QBR. I'm going to say this again. QBR, not QB rating. QBR of 97. Since then, he has like a 13. So it's it's a big change. Um, When they're most successful, he's outside the pocket creating, looking for his... Wide receiver who's wide open between the numbers, 39 yards on the field, which I still don't understand to this day. Used to be Baldwin, now it's Lockett. And for some, somehow they, those guys are always there. He always hits them. And he's just not doing that right now. He's well, having a hard time throwing the ball accurately out of the pocket. This past week, Tyler Lockett ran into a man by the name of Patrick Peterson. Sure. And he gained nada. So that's, so that's a good point, too. So that's... Is that the second week he's had zero catches for zero yards out of this year? Out of, like, classic I, I believe five? so. Yeah, so you're not a number one receiver if you can be shut out. Period. If, if you can just straight up be shut out, zero yards, you're not a number one receiver. Um, so that's another issue they have there, too. I think they might have a number one in the making with Metcalf if he continues to mature as a, as a route runner. A lot of work to be done there. But there's not a number one receiver on that roster this year. Um, now, Russell Wilson can get more done with less. He's one of those guys that makes everybody around him better. The, the tight end, you know, Hollister's looking pretty good. But... If he can't throw accurately out of the pocket and, and can't get chunk plays out of the pocket, to, to Newman's point, I don't think that defense is good enough to shut anybody out. Um, yeah, but fortunately we're going to get one more look at him because this this is the most meaningful game of Week 17. We've yeah. got San Francisco's at Seattle, Sunday night football. The Niners are a three-point favorite, and truthfully I was completely taken away by this. Um, both are fantastic teams. I just think on the road, and so that's a that's a – tough ask um I th- i'm personally gonna say that uh russ gets it together and they're gonna go ahead and slide into a uh, uh slide into a win here give me seattle to win this game at home so i know seattle needs a lot of things to happen for this game to be meaningful to them um there- there's a few scenarios they need to win games that happen earlier than them so there's a chance i'm gonna bank on the fact that some of those things don't happen by the time they actually get on the field there's nothing for them to gain and they're well, gonna division if they okay, win, the, if they, they, the if they win the division, um, they can get a buy. I still, back. I believe. I didn't know. I, I thought this was settled. Okay. Um, I, I still. They got a lot of work to do. They're going to be force feeding Marshawn. At least it should be to get him. You know, to get him conditioned in. I, I'm going to take San Francisco here. Still, I still think they're a better team. Uh, defensively, probably the most complete team in the league as far as having high end talent. Uh, I think New England's just as good as as a unit, as a cumulative whole. But uh, there's more headliners on that San Francisco defense for sure. So I think San Francisco gets it done here. I think they frustrate. I think Bosa runs wild and, and keeps March, or keeps uh, Russell in that same trend of, of a low QBR, especially outside of the pocket. Uh, I can't wait to watch this game. It's, it's going to be, be fantastic. Um, yeah. um, get a game like this that, week 17, that, almost never that environment. Well, that's why they started making division matchups be late. the, the yeah. late, later in the season in week 17 i believe everyone plays a division game um but yeah so san francisco seattle in seattle the the seattle has a chance to get a buy both teams are playing for a buy and the division uh and it is going to be loud and raucous it's a sunday night game standalone sunday night football the last game of I the regular season um <laughs> three point dogs at home yeah I, I can't, I, I mean, I can't. As much as I like San Francisco and I think they're a better team, give me Seattle getting the points at home. They sure. may not win, but give me those points. Cool. 
Um, I'm, I'm right with you. It's going to be a good one. So now for the best choke of the week, let me give you what you deserve here. <laughs> That's for you, Coach Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, well, it looks like the Jets finally hit their fifth win of the season, or was that sixth? I believe it's five. Oh, man, they're so terrible. Um, I think but, it's because Gase grew a beard and doesn't look No, it is creepy. six. It is six. Did but, you, have you seen Gase with the beard, the gray beard? No, I have <laughs> he, not. He does not look nearly it's, as, like, bug-eyed and creepy. Have we made a meme about it yet? No, it's, not yet. It's been time. It's time for Tomlin and Fickner to go, specifically Fickner. Um, Ficken? And Ficken. No, fi- and, Fickner. And Ficken kicked his tail off. But um, <laughs> And just so any Steelers fans are aware, Carolina is highly coveting Kevin Colbert and... Um, uh, someone else from the front office that helped put the Steelers together. Um, he can have him. <laughs> it's 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 gonna get brutal with Tomlin still in there, but I still hate you, Tomlin. So Steelers are two point favorites on the road at Baltimore. Um, you guys let me down. I'm just gonna just because I know how the Steelers are. They like to get my hopes up and let me down. So give me Pittsburgh minus two, all specifically because our defense is fantastic and we're gonna need a defensive score against RG three in the uh, starterless Ravens. I mean, yeah, so I mean that's a really, really bad loss losing to the Jets in that situation. The Jets are playing for nothing, um, and you are playing for everything. You, your wild card hopes are on the line. Uh, fortunately for you, Tennessee had the luxury of going up against the New Orleans Saints and dealing with Michael Thomas setting the all-time uh, single-season receptions record. Congrats to him. By the way, that's an impressive feat, considering he still will have a game left to play. I'm not sure he's going to play all that much, depending on the outcome right. of some other games. But it, it, he could finish what with ten more, ten more catches or something, possibly than the record. Force um, feed him the ball. Yeah. So I mean, I'd love to see it. I wish they'd have done a little bit more of that last week instead of giving the ball to Alvin Kamara for my fantasy champion purposes. But you know, whatever. We'll, we'll deal with it. But, yeah, that's a bad loss for Pittsburgh. And losing to the Jets the way they lost to the Jets, they didn't look impressive at all. The Jets were able to kind of do what they wanted against them. Obviously, a low-scoring game. But how about Robbie Anderson with that catch? That That's one of the catches of the year, I think, right? Um, over the shoulder, just in coverage, just yeah. grabs this ball. Beautiful throw by Sam Darnold. But, anyway, so enough about the Jets. Pittsburgh, yeah. I'm going to take Pittsburgh get, giving the two points against Baltimore because Baltimore is going to be resting everybody. They offense. literally do not have anything to play for. Uh, they have number one seed wrapped up. There's no reason to get anybody injured. They should forward for the game at halftime if they can because it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't think keeping a division rival out of the hunt is enough here. Um, I know they've already come out and said that they're going to rest. I, there's like six players from their offense. I think everybody who made the Pro Bowl list is going to be rested, yeah, except for basically. maybe the kicking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, they're a little banged up anyways, so I, I definitely think they're going to be resting almost everyone. Um, if, if Pittsburgh can't win and can't win by two here, they're, it's, it's bad. Um, I'm excited as a, as a team, a fan of a team that will likely play uh, Baltimore in the playoffs at some point to see what Pittsburgh can do defensively, see if they can give some blueprints on, on what to do to help contain elements. They're, they're still going to run their offense. Um, even if it's a watered-down RG3 version of it. RG3 is actually probably a little bit more developed as a passer, obviously, than Lamar Jackson, so it could just be a completely different stylistic. If I'm Baltimore, I try to put as much random crap on film that looks different from what your actual offense is to make other teams have to practice and defend against it. That's what you should do. I agree 100%, but I'm I'm hoping there's enough overlap that we get something to to read off of. Well, just look back to, I think it was like week six when we completely shut down Lamar. 
Um, but but I'm hopefully the Ravens go back to what they used to and just go straight ISO power ISO and throw a little five wide. Unfortunately, they probably will. Yeah. So uh, uh, Pittsburgh minus two for sure. A little wishbone offense for you. It's gonna be ugly. It's they're, they're not gonna give anybody anything. And uh, while we brought up the Jets, that's uh, one of our six games. Uh, I just want to be brief because I don't think anyone really cares much about this game. Uh, Jets at Buffalo. Um, just give me the Bills at home. I don't really care. Don't care anything about the game. But Bills minus 1.5 at home. That will be my pick just to fill that spot. So I'm going to take the Jets uh, getting the, the point and a half on the road at Buffalo. Buffalo, literally another team not playing for anything. So, I mean, th- I think this is one of those games where you can see Buffalo put up a spirited effort in the first half and then pull all their starters second half. So give me the Jets at, on the road in Buffalo. They're a team who's actually potentially playing for something. They want to look good they're playing for jobs and stuff buffalo is locked in at the number five seed there's nothing for them to gain so there's no reason to get anybody hurt yeah but i wonder too though having kind of a hard-nosed defensive-minded coach how much they're going to be resting people um that, that's why i think it's a it's a first half they'll play yeah. it out second half they'll pull them yeah i don't i don't i almost feel like the first half might be enough and and get that crowd going and and maybe the backups play well. I'm, I'm going to take Buffalo minus the points here. Um, if the Jets are smart, they'll just lose and improve their draft position. Um, too many teams who aren't just losing and improving their draft position around the league, which I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Well, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, problem, the problem with teams... that is that there's people who are actually depending on their jobs being kept sure. who are on the field, and they're the ones getting to, to getting to make yeah. those decisions That's true too. on who, you know. So, yeah, the Jets, the players on the field for the Jets are going to be trying um, – it at, for the development of Sam Darnold, you don't take this game off. Uh, no. So so yeah. So I, the Jets are definitely going to be playing for more. That's why I picked them. There you go. Um. Well, now let's. Everything always comes full circle, doesn't it, boys? Let's go right back to Dallas and let's talk about the NFC least. Um, golden opportunity to seal everything, and they're still alive. There's they are still alive. Uh, they need a little magic from Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones and. <laughs> And God bless you, Newman. God bless you. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Wouldn't that be something exciting to uh, to see Philadelphia lose to the Giants and then Dallas? Let's let's just Dallas beat the Redskins because the Redskins have a terrible quarterback. What if we have all the speculation about Jason Garrett uh, not being there next year? Riddle me this: If Philly loses and Dallas wins. If Dallas makes a serious run and gets to the conference championship or Super Bowl, um, then what? Wouldn't that wouldn't that be something for some offseason fireworks for us all? Yeah, I I just don't see Philly has to win this game, right? They're going to win their yeah. game. They're going to go to the playoffs. Like that won't happen. I am unconfident that Dallas is going to beat anybody this week. So that's another situation. I, I for the sake of the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> lose the game, miss the playoffs. Fire Jason Garrett. Like, if those three things don't happen, they're fucked forever. Because the worst thing that could happen is they accidentally upset somebody in the first round. And now we're, there's speculation. Oh, well, he got us this far. We had to keep him. And then just do this whole thing over again next I, year. I, I believe they would be playing the loser of the Seattle versus um, Seattle versus yeah. no, uh, San Francisco exactly. yeah. game exactly. yeah. in, in Dallas. Um, wait. No, no, I think... If, if Dallas were four. to make the playoffs, yeah. the four would play the, the five yep, seed, exactly. yes. So it would be the loser of the Seattle-San Francisco. Can you imagine Francisco. if San Francisco loses, and then it's San Francisco versus Dallas in the first round? 
and then somehow they Dallas pulls it off. Flashback to the nineties. Like oh, yeah. fucking Jimmy Garoppolo like dies on the way to the stadium, and then <laughs> and then the Cowboys. Well, win. see, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I'm actually more confident in San Francisco's backup quarterbacks that uh, playing in that Shanahan system. Nick Mullins was pretty good last oh, year. He still got C.J. Beathard. Like, yeah. th- th- I mean, over over Dak and the Cowboys. Like, I, I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, Dallas gets a home game. Mark my words, whoever whoever goes to Dallas, their whole team will come up with rabid diarrhea, and it will be <laughs> terrible. Um, so, um, we've already kind of touched on what we're looking at, and we're going to expect in this Niners-Seahawks game. And if you like football at all, that better be on your TV. That, that game one that they played, that's still game the best game of the year for me. Um, there's a couple games that came really close, but that's still top of the list. Uh, but it's going to be exciting. Um, Dan Quinn got the whole, everyone's staying in Atlanta. Uh, so yeah. Thomas Dimitrov as well. Dimitrov. Yeah. I forgot his name. I was waiting for you to help me out there. Um, they're all staying and there was a lot of uncertainty coming in. Um, Derek, what, I, I don't know. You're especially torn on this. Um, I, I, I <laughs> what, what are you thinking on this? Cause I'm you not know, with Dan Quinn. I, I was a fan of him coming out of Seattle, but man, they've really struggled lately and they disappointed me. Big time this year. I just, what I mean, what has he done besides the Super Bowl year where we all know how that ended? But well, si- but since then, and, what and, has he and done? And on the back of a top offense, and then that top offensive coordinator left and has now got a team who's also one of the top teams in the right, NFC exactly. in Kyle Shanahan so now, with how, San Francisco. How do you not look at that and be like, hmm, maybe it wasn't Dan Quinn? And either way, even if you think it was Dan Quinn, well, their defense really has never been good. That's even that's my with point. with him there. That, that my my point is, even if you think it is Dan Quinn, then you're saying okay, he doesn't have the tools to win games. So how do you keep the GM too? Like one of those two, either it's a poorly coached team that's good enough to win, or it's a poorly designed team, a poorly personnelled team that can't win despite good coaching. One of those two has to go. I think Dimitrioff is actually more of the problem than Dan Quinn is. Could be. Um, the defense is terrible. And to be, but also, Dimitrioff, this is what his at least his second coach <laughs> that he's hired. Yeah. Because uh, he also had Mike Smith, who, you know, they had a couple good years there. But he's a guy who's made some, you know, push-it-all-in moves that have just turned out really poorly, right? Yeah. So they've traded huge assets for single players. I think they made four, they traded four picks for Julio Jones. As great as Julio Jones is, has he won you a Super Bowl? No. Wide receivers, do they win you Super Bowls? Not really. So why do you trade four picks? Those are four opportunities to get really good developmental players on your defense, and you can probably draft another wide receiver later in the rounds that can give you complimentary, whatever, skill sets to Julio, but maybe they don't just last long, whatever. It doesn't matter. The fact that they've chosen to stick with this team is good for Bucks fans, it's good for Panthers fans, and it's good for Saints fans. Because I don't see them going anywhere. They they have played better over the last few weeks. I think their defense has had some injury issues early in the season. They suffered a couple key injuries, and they've started to play poorly. But to me, this offense also has not been all that great. Like... So what what do you hang your hat on if you're Atlanta? I don't think that they have an identity. They look lost to me. And that starts at the top. Why is the GM still being allowed to keep his job in this situation? I don't know. I agree 100% with that. So I'm, this is the first time in quite some time I've been pretty excited for the, uh, the slate of games on week 17, top to bottom. Um, before we get into this next pick, which would be Tennessee and Houston at 425, um, there are a lot of things riding on the 1 o'clock game. Specifically, the Chargers are at the Chiefs. Now, um, if the Chiefs win, 
then New England has to play against Miami because mm-hmm. because New England can still lose to Fitzmagic and lose their bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Chiefs lose, Houston can bump from the four to three, and then they have to play the they have to they have to play like you have to want to want the three seed over the four seed. Um, if not, they can rest everybody against the Titans at home. Um, I know this isn't one of our pickums. Um, just real quick, both of you guys, how do you guys see this? Chargers Chiefs game playing out. Uh, are we going to get a little old flashback of Philip Rivers? Um, the defense is going to play tough. Obviously, obviously the Chargers are going to come out and want to spoil things for the Chiefs. There's no question about that. Can you, I think they're nine point dogs. Uh, anyone think they can get it done on Sunday? Kansas City to me has too much to play for in this situation. The opportunity to potentially get that that bye week. I think at least the early part of that game, they're going to be playing as hard as they can for it. Um, they're a much better team. Their defense has really improved over the last several weeks. They bring in T-Suggs, T-Sizzle, um, to help out with some of that pass rush that, that maybe they, they lost when they traded uh, Frank Clark away, etc. But uh, or, or, no, I'm sorry, they, they gained Frank Clark. Uh, they, they lost uh, Justin Houston uh, to the Colts, which was, you know, looked like it was going to be a, a severely hampering move. But between Frank Clark and T-Sizzle, uh, that, I think that should help with some pass rush. How about Teron Matthew? He needs to be talked about as like an NFL, like a key NFL comeback player of the year or whatever. Because um, he's been great for that team, and and it's really helped elevate their play. Honey Badger. Yeah, and the Honey Badger don't give no fucks, and he gets what he wants, right? So I'm pretty sure the Honey Badger would like to win this game, and because of that, they're going to. Uh, also, to me, Philip uh, Rivers has not looked good. There's nothing about... San Diego or the Chargers or whatever, what city they play in now that that I really think is going to translate well into this game. Yeah, I just they they've been terrible all year, disconjointed all year. Um, the Chiefs are actually playing for something and just a way more talented team. So I think the the Chiefs are the safe pick here. Well, let's let's get a little Christmas magic and hopefully Philip cries me some rivers. Uh-huh. Bring it on, baby. So that will bring us to our fifth game. Tennessee minus three and a half at Houston. Um, I wish we could make this pick at four twenty, right before kickoff, so we know what's going on. Um, but because I need a little love and a little TLC, give me the Texans plus three and a half at home. Yeah, I'm gonna just again Tennessee being favored on the road is, is super strange to me. Houston's a way better team, even if you get only a half out of the Houston starters. Uh, that's another team, too, that has looked a little up and down on offense and, and probably could use at least a half, if not three quarters, of, of just live speed practice, basically. Um, I, I'm definitely going to take Houston. So I just wanted to take a look and see back. I believe that these two teams played not too long ago. Yeah, Houston put it on them Thursday night. I think that was actually our first uh, bar live bar podcast. No, actually, the Texans won by a field goal late two weeks ago against the Titans uh, in 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 Tennessee. So um, I think, you know, I think Tennessee obviously has a much more to play for. Houston could be just packed up because they don't have anything to play for if Kansas City holds water and wins their game. So I'm going to take Tennessee minus the three and a half points. And uh, one thing that is, pre- I-, I would say, relevant and true, if you're any of these teams that are locked in the playoffs, I think you want to see Pittsburgh over Tennessee 100%. Because Pitt- Pittsburgh, you can shut them down offensively. Tennessee's a wild card. They're not a team that I 
If they're you, so weird. Tan week week. Tannehill has looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah they're, they're a wild card, and I, th I think the way they've played, relying on Derrick Henry, um, they are one of those teams that could could really potentially be anyone any given playoff. So uh, and AJ Brown has weird spotty games where he looks yeah. unstoppable. Unreal. Well, he he's a natural like in terms of athlete. Like an athlete, he is really fast and yep. he's really big. Like we were watching the game, and some of my friends didn't really know who he was on uh, last week, and they looked at him and they're like, "Who is that? Is that a tight end?" I was like, "Nope, that's their wide receiver. Yeah. He's bigger than their tight end, though." Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's gonna bring us into our sixth and final game of week seventeen. Now, for those of you keeping track, you will see it in the article. Derek has a one-game lead on me going into this, and. It's going to be a fun, exciting finish. <laughs> so, we have Arizona at the Rams. Rams are seven and a half point favorites. Now, I love Arizona. I have all year. They've they've won me a good chunk of change this year. Um, for me, I was going to go all Arizona on this. I just about wrote it down. Um, I'm going to take the Rams only because of Kyler Murray pulled his hamstring last week, and I think if you are – the Cardinals, there's zero reason in the entire world to play him. He's proven what he can do all year. Why even risk significantly tearing up that hamstring even more? Um, so I'm taking the Rams, hoping that he sits down. Because uh, I think Brett Hundley's still their backup over there. And, <laughs> and what a joke of a quarterback he is. So um, if if Kyler's in, I take, I take Arizona. But I think I'll just go Rams. Same boat. Yeah, so this, this is the same situation. If it was Kyler, I'd be all over the Rams. Um to at least cover, I mean, a full touchdown, but just knowing if Kyler Murray is your future. You gave up a ton to get him. And the fact that they just cut loose their, their previous number one overall pick. Uh, so if you, if you're Arizona, you have to shut him down just let him, you know, start his off season a week early and make sure there's no lingering issues. There's no tears. There's no, you don't want him out there running hampered and taking a bigger hit that he would have avoided and, and, and hurting something worse than a hamstring. Just let it be a pulled hamstring going into the offseason you're not playing for anything a loss would do you good um and and just you know kind of ride off that way and and the rams i think they still have a lot to prove they're a team that really was disappointing a lot of people have them in the playoffs um they could definitely use a win heading into this offseason yeah i think they'll be they'll still have nine wins if i'm if i'm not mistaken i think they're eight, right around there yeah eight or nine yes, yeah. yeah yeah so the, yeah still the, the should have been a playoff team yeah. had, had a, has a playoff roster um they could use a win heading into this offseason probably even yeah, more currently at eight and seven, eight and seven um yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I mentioning the Kyler Murray thing being out it's kind of shifting it I was also I was definitely on Arizona getting the seven and a half with Kyler playing uh him missing this game definitely changes it but also I think the Rams are going to have some guys that they're not going to play in this game there's no reason to play Todd Gurley uh, as, as fragile as he is, they don't play him when they're when they're, they're the eighteen million contention. reasons. Yeah, they didn't play him the Super Bowl. I'm, they're not gonna play him this week. Right. So, so I, I don't. I think I don't think we see any Todd Gurley. No. Um, not that he's been a huge factor this yeah. year. Yeah. They have enough receivers to put up some points and move the ball. Um, Jared Goff should you know whatever he's he's up there in passing yards. He's a he's, quarterback. He's been awful this year. Yeah. Uh, their offensive line is playing a little bit better. Their defense is definitely playing better. Uh, they upset uh, Seattle, right, a few weeks ago. Yep. So um, Jalen Ramsey's really good, and he's a baller, and they have some good defensive I, I players. I think he's playing, though. Is, is that official? Um, I, I'm pretty – I'm like 90% sure he's not playing on Sunday. Yeah. Well, if Jalen Ramsey's out, 
No, I'm still gotta stick to it. Ah. Uh, so yeah, the other the other <laughs> factors that I have going in there are you have Dante Fowler, who's got whatever ten plus sacks, something yep. like that. He actually has more sacks this year than anybody on the Jags, and the Jags couldn't use him because, right. uh, well, mm-hmm. some guy named Tom Coughlin, who you may have heard of getting fired, which we didn't even get to cover uh, a few weeks ago because we didn't have a pod, um, f- continued to fine him. So yeah, Jalen Ramsey is going to be out this game. I'm going to take Arizona. Uh, I think that Brett Hundley might be able to wing it, and they're going to show off some of their young wide receivers. Arizona getting the seven and a half points. Now... Even though uh, Newman won't be able to get us on the full tally, you're still right up there in uh, win percentage. So we'll, we'll 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 mark that one at the end too to give you a fighting chance. <laughs> um, all right, guys, this is our last conversation before the playoffs start. Um, who what, will? Well, can we can we talk about the interrupt the, me? Can we can we talk <laughs> about can we talk about the two overtime games from last week first? Sure. So the Cincinnati. Bengals go into Miami and they come out with another loss. But leading up to that loss, they uh, they have an opportunity to tie the game right at the end. Andy Dalton rushes for two <laughs> or or whatever uh, to, to set that, to set up the potential game winning score. Then they get the game or the game tying score, and then instead of going for two in that spot and just ending the game right there. They decide to kick the extra point to play for overtime. Well, I'm, Why I'm, do you play for overtime? Just I, go for two. Uh, see, I thought I thought they did. They scored 23 points in the last six minutes of that game. I thought they did go for two in that second one. Yeah, they they they, they the they, last one they yeah, did not. I, I thought they scored a touchdown first, or maybe it was the Dolphins tying. I don't remember exactly. Whoever had it before the before they went to overtime, they had, the, one of the teams had an opportunity to end the game by going for two. Now the result of that going for two would have resulted in one team. Either, either you get the two and you win by one, or you, you fail to get the two and you lose by one. But at the end of the day, we don't need to see another 10 minutes of bad football out of these two teams. True. Yeah, yeah, they scored a touchdown and got the two-point conversion as time expired to push it to overtime. Yeah, this is right here, time expired. Yeah, so, oh man, as much as this is going to pain me to say this, Newman, you are wrong. Um, but the bottom four teams in the NFL did play each other. Um, the Giants, Giants-Redskins had a... Interesting shootout. Um, Dwayne Haskins isn't the answer over there. Eh. So, Derek, in one word, who wins the Super Bowl? Uh, Whatever. Saints. Mahomes. Saints as well. Um, Bring it on, Drew Brees. Um, And here's still my bold prediction. The Pittsburgh Steelers will win the Super Bowl next year in Tampa Bay. (laughs) And uh, guys, it's been fun this year. Uh, any any last statements? Any last comments? Thoughts? Erections? I, I think we'll get pretty deep here in the next few weeks on some of these playoff matchups. So don't worry, you don't have to do without us. But I want you guys to enjoy your New Year's, enjoy the games this weekend, enjoy the college football playoffs, and uh, have fun out there. Yeah, definitely. We'll keep it going uh, through the playoffs. Get deeper. Obviously, fewer games to pick. Maybe just start our, our own little, little pick 'em record thing for the for the uh, oh, maybe maybe not lines. Maybe we'll just do kind of a, a straight up kind yeah. of pick yeah. pick teams. Go deep into every single matchup, and then obviously through the off season, uh, we have XFL, we have we have hockey, we have some other things to kind of keep it going. Um, football off season is always busy, so we'll keep it going. But uh, yeah, same thing. Happy New Year's, and uh, we'll catch you guys. In the- See you next year. Thank <laughs> you.